I went on a digital nomad trip and I thought it was going to be amazing. I was going to get a taste of like hardcore digital nomad life. And then I realized, oh my gosh, my body can't handle this because I am tired. I cannot move each month and then also keep up with client work. It was just so draining to like want to keep up and see everything and be a tourist, but then also be a business owner and make sure that my business kept growing. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. On this episode, I'm super excited to speak with Cassandra Lay, who is the founder of the Quirky Pineapple Studio, a messaging and content strategy boutique agency. She is an award-winning marketing expert and was a contributing author in Branding Quickies, ranked number one on Amazon in leadership, and has given workshops in English and Spanish in various countries around the world. When she's not working behind her laptop, you can find her exploring neighborhood cafes in Madrid, her adopted home, getting lost in translation in Spanish, or relaxing on the couch watching movie trailers or mukbangs on YouTube. Listen on to find out how Cassandra has been able to become a very successful remote content strategist. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so happy to be here with Cassandra. Hey, how are you? Hello. Good. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Can you tell us more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Yeah. So I am Cassandra. I'm originally from Virginia in the United States. And now I live full time in Madrid, Spain because I fell in love abroad and decided to move to be with the boo. And I started my own copywriting and content strategy boutique agency. That sounds like what a lot of people would like to do, fall in love and move (gasps) to an exotic country. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I know it may sound like a no-brainer, right? It's like, okay, you found the love of your life somewhere and, you know, you just moved there. But is it really as easy as it sounds? Because I'm sure you had a lot of things in Virginia that, you know, family and friends and all of that. How was that transition Mm -hmm. like and what did you do to prepare? Oh, gosh. Well, let me tell you. One, for anybody who does fall in love abroad, it's amazing and also very um, frustrating sometimes good frustrating, (laughs) but I would really not recommend moving abroad and then starting a business at the same time, which is exactly what I did because it ended up being so stressful. One, getting used to the new country and culture that I'm living in and also the language because I live in Spain, so they speak Spanish. And two, learning the ropes of owning and starting a business, but being in a different country. So. That was really, really challenging. And also just deciding to leave my family was a huge thing because 
my parents are Vietnamese Americans are immigrants and family is like a huge thing to us and my family is really close we always go see each other on the weekends and hang out and this was kind of like oh my gosh she she's leaving and she's not going to be here so i don't know it would, honestly if you fall in love and you want to move abroad think about it first and talk to your partner and then if you want to start a business, also think about it and kind of figure out what you actually want to do and make sure that you can do it. I think online because I knew I wanted to work with clients overseas. Yeah, I think it's definitely a really important message there. Ask your partner first before you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You move. That was a long conversation we had. <laughs> yes. Don't just move there and they don't know. Um <laughs> So when you realized you wanted to start your business abroad, was it something that you already knew how to do or was this something completely different? Did you have any experience and background in copywriting and content strategy? So I had, well, I have been blogging since I was 13 years old. So I always had experience in social media, in blog post writing, in copywriting and everything else revolving online content. And I knew I wanted in my mind to be a full-time travel blogger, but I realized that it just wasn't sustainable for me. And I wanted a way to sell services to people and actually you know, do something more service-based than finding different sponsors. So I actually decided that I would switch my travel and lifestyle blog into what it is today, the Quirky Pineapple Studio, and offer services to other service providers. And that's kind of how I did it. I didn't necessarily study copywriting or marketing in college. I studied hospitality management. And then I kind of had to really sit down and figure out my skill set and what worked and didn't work and how I approached my processes and my services as compared to other people. That is a huge leap to take because it's something that you essentially learned on your own. And for most of us, it takes a little bit of time and for you to do that and actually make it into a business and also moving to a new country. That must have been so overwhelming to not only start a business, something that you are also learning and really making into something profitable, but also you don't know the language of the area you're in. Really, you're not familiar with a lot of different places. I'm sure that was a lot to take on. Yeah. Also, I had to figure out taxes and accounting in Spain. I mean, you know, figuring out taxes and accounting in the United States is one thing, but me figuring out how to do it as a foreigner in a different language was like a whole separate thing. I had to hire help because I, I just couldn't do it by myself. <laughs> I wouldn't even know how to tackle that here. Like you said, I do hire somebody to help me. I can't even imagine yeah. in a different country. When you were starting your business in Spain, what was that process like? Obviously, Google is our best friend. But what are some of your tips for somebody who also wants to do something similar? Is it really completely different? Can you, I don't know, are there any like tricks that really helped you out to make that transition easier? Yeah. So I guess it depends on if they want to be, this is getting into like the nitty gritty stuff. If you want to be a legal tax resident in Spain, there's one way to do it. And then 
if you are a, a digital nomad or if you're location independent and you're a legal tax entity in your home country, then that's a different way. But I won't get into that because I highly recommend talking to a lawyer or an accountant. Don't take my word for it. I would say one is having a community around you. When I first started my business, I found a community in the United States, in Virginia, where I'm originally from. And I really relied on them to kind of like learn the ropes of starting an online business. I attended lots of networking events. I paid for trainings and resources. And that kind of helped me set up the foundation before I even moved. And then when I moved, I found different networking groups and communities. There's lots of Facebook groups here in Madrid to connect with other entrepreneurs or online business owners because I didn't know. I mean, if I just stayed home by myself all day, I'd be really sad, which I was. <laughs> and then I needed like human interaction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one of the things for us when we're working remotely. I think it sounds really great. You get to stay on your couch all day, but also oh, yeah. you become a hermit. I tell people this all the time. I'm literally at home and whenever I have to either travel for work or even leave the house, I get so like, upset. <laughs> um, I thought it was just me, but that's, that's me. <laughs> like I, at first I was like really upset that I was at home mm -hmm. and I got like cabin fever and I didn't really know how to control my schedule. And I thought I could just go out and come back in. And then what, it was like a mix. Like I was sad I was home and I wanted to go out and then I went out and then I was sad that I was out and I wanted to be home because I was spending so much time like in the metro meeting with people that I wasn't actually doing work to move my business forward, like, you know, selling and creating things to actually sell. I just was meeting up and having a social life, which is great. <laughs> and I needed that. But you know, like, if you want to be a business owner, you have to make money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's a really hard balance to have because when you own that business, everything that comes in your pocket, you are in charge of, you know, you don't have a boss that's giving you your payment every month or every two weeks. You're the one responsible for it. But I think for me, it also goes beyond that where I'm just so comfortable in a lot of ways that it's just like getting me out now. It has to be something really big. But then when you leave the house, you're like, oh, my God, it's nice to have fresh air. This is awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There are lots of times where I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I wake up and I'm like, oh, I should take a walk today. And then I'm like, well, like, you know, I have work I need to be doing. And then I end up having to like run an errand and I go outside. I'm like, wow, the lighting outside is so different than the lighting that just comes through the window. You know, I have like this fresh air thing going on and it feels so good. <laughs> I know it's it, I, I think a lot of people think that when you're a remote worker, you're traveling constantly. But for the most part, we usually stay in one place for a long period of time because you also can't get work done when you're constantly traveling, at least for my experience, that doesn't usually happen, you know, because you always want to experience so many different things when you're in a new place that work is in the back burner most of the time. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. I, um, I went on a digital nomad trip. And that's actually where I met Andrea of It's a Travel OD. And I thought it was going to be amazing. I was going to get a taste of like, hardcore digital nomad life where we would move 
um, countries and cities each month. And then I realize, oh my gosh, my body can't handle this because I am tired. I cannot move each month and then also keep up with client work, but also, but not just client work, like my own like business admin things or like creating new stuff for my business. It was just so draining to like want to keep up and see everything and be a tourist, but then also be a business owner and make sure that my business kept growing. Yeah. I mean, it takes a lot of time and effort to grow a business. And if you're listening to this, you know, can you, if you can just imagine what it's like to be running a business and also traveling at the same time, it's really tough. And it takes a very special person to be able to do that and be able to sustain it in a long period of time. Because I think for the most part, 80% or 90% of the people I talk to really do this for a short period of time and then they settle somewhere for a longer period or they travel slowly and it becomes more sustainable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. That's why I like having my base in Madrid with my boyfriend and then on occasion we travel. But then I also realized like, as much as it's cool to say I'm a location independent business owner, I wouldn't want to take business on my travels if I'm going with my boyfriend. Like that's vacation to me. Like I need to make the hardcore distinction of when it's vacation and like when I'm traveling and working at the same time because the like styles in which I would travel would change drastically. Absolutely. It's so different. And when also when I travel for work, it's not the same, right? Because you don't really get to enjoy it the way you want to enjoy it. It's how your clients want you to enjoy it. So now even that, even when I travel for work, even when it's a really beautiful destination, I'm like, I want to go here for a vacation, yeah. <laughs> not for work. <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that. <laughs> So Cassandra, let's talk about your what now moment after you decided to leave your life in the U.S. and to mm-hmm. dive into a new life with your boo in Spain. We all have that what now moment when we finally take that leap. What was yours like? Oh, okay. I think it were multiple because I did the move, but then also started the business at the same time. So I had like a little bit of like a business what now moment and then also a personal what have I done moment so when I decided to quit my job and move abroad that was already a big thing personally because my family was kind of like what are you doing and then coming here I didn't know anyone except for the boyfriend so I felt super alone and I think it was like one day I was at home by myself in the new house in Madrid and I hadn't left a house because I didn't know who, where to go or who to hang out with. And I just had a moment where I was like, what have I done? What do I do now? And that's when I just joined a whole bunch of like Facebook groups and joined a whole bunch of networking things because I was sick of sulking in my house by myself and being lonely. So that was like the personal side. Um, on the business side, the what now I think was when I realized that my business was going to be functioning like based in Spain and it wasn't going to be like the United States because I had a little bit of, I guess, culture shock because even though I mostly work with U.S.-based clients, I'm still living in a 
different country and the marketing here is different. Um, how people sell is different. How people run their business is different. And that really shocked me. So I was like, oh my gosh, what now? Like, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a lot of culture shock that you had so many different things happening. And that's a lot. That's definitely a yeah. lot. <laughs> Again, that's why I don't recommend uh, doing both at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that's a good advice. How much money did you actually save before setting off to do this? And how are you able to budget it to make it last? So when I first moved here, I think I had um, about $12,000 from my full-time job saved up. And then I had money left in Spain. I don't remember how much I had. But because I had lived here before, I even came back um, as an English teacher. So I had a little bit of money. It wasn't like in the thousands. It was like maybe a couple hundred euros. And then actually what was really great was that my boyfriend was like, okay, I know you're starting a business. Um, Let me take care of everything and you focus on your business. So anything that I spent... Um, was from my savings, but it was all either for business investments or like personal things. And from the kindness of my boyfriend, he actually took care of rent and utilities and groceries for a while until I could actually contribute. Yeah. I think that's also the beauty of not doing this on your own and you have an extra hand and extra help with this because it makes that transition so much more easier and you don't feel like you're being pressured to do a lot of things that you really don't want to do as well. Yeah, for sure. I think we had the conversation before I moved and when we when I decided that I was going to start the business um, and we kind of sat down and we're like, okay, if you're going to start the business, that means that you'll probably be rocky in the first few months. Um, and the first few months, went on to be, you know, more than a first few months. It was a couple months because, you know, when you're a beginning business owner, you really are trying to find your bearings. Um, so he was just like, okay, I don't want you to have pressure to like make money, which will ultimately block you from making money. Um, so then he was like, I'll take care of everything. And well, everything as in like the house. And then I just paid for whatever I needed to pay for. Which is, I mean, that is like very generous. And I do realize that like, that puts me at an advantage from other business owners. But I do want to say like, that was the reality. And that was my reality. Yeah. And honestly, you really do need that, you know, and it is it's a really great thing to have a supportive partner like that. Not everybody can have something like that. So mm-hmm. however help you can get, I say take it because <laughs> honestly, um, yes, <laughs> if they offer it, and you think it's a good fit, take the help because. Uh, it is a long road, this business <laughs> owner thing. And also, I want to touch up on that about you and your communication with your boyfriend. And, you know, for anyone who has a significant other who wants to start this lifestyle, I mean, it's a really tough road to be in. And it was really nice for your boyfriend to be able to understand that, especially since you also uprooted your whole life to be there for exactly. him. So how would you say... Th- what made this conversation really fruitful and also um, 
really helpful for the both of you, especially when you're both starting this new life together and in this type of situation. Yeah. So the conversation, I think any conversation about money is always very tricky, especially with a significant other. You're kind of like, oh my gosh, this is kind of like a big conversation to have with somebody else because you're going to be sharing money. It really ended up being like us just trying to be as clear as possible and kind of setting expectations and boundaries. I'm sure there were lots of times where both of us were kind of like frustrated with the situation. I got frustrated because I couldn't contribute what I wanted to. And of course, there were times where he was like, maybe you are investing too much back into your business. And we don't know if it's actually providing a profit or, you know, you're getting a return on it. So we've had conversations like that. And I think we just ended up having to talk about it in the moment and not kind of like wait and let it build up. So like if something happened, then, you know, we would actually need to approach the situation. And also I, I didn't ever go to my boyfriend and say, can I do this? Or can I do that? Um, It was never like asking him for permission because that's kind of weird, but it was always like, okay, just so you know, this is what I've decided to do. What is your opinion? And, you know, he would share his opinion. And then in the end, I decided what I wanted to do with any investments or anything like that. Yeah, it's just getting input instead of you asking for permission. I think that's a really good way of putting it, you know, and you're still owning what you're doing, but you also need that extra, you know, mind to, to tell you if you, what you're doing is towards the right direction. And yeah, so that's always good. It's like brainstorming for couples. (laughs) Yeah. Couples. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So now, Cassandra, what would you say is your secret sauce for making your business successful right now? Ooh, okay. So a few things I think go into the secret sauce, a couple ingredients. Um, One is investing (laughs) in your education and in mentorship. I think that's huge. I've um, invested in, I think, four different business coaches and one life coach actually who have helped me kind of just figure out like the next step to make sure that my business grows and is profitable and is actually sustainable for the lifestyle that I want to live, my own offbeat lifestyle. And then another one is to really get feedback from your clients. Or if you don't have clients yet, then to get feedback from people that you would want to work with. That has been a huge thing where, you know, you're as a creative or as an entrepreneur, you're just like brainstorming in your own head and you kind of come up with things that you think would be fabulous and absolutely amazing. But if you don't take it and ask for feedback from people that could actually buy your services or your products, then you're kind of missing the mark. So asking for feedback constantly from my community, from my audience, from potential clients, from even people who maybe have never worked with the Quirky Pineapple Studio and myself, but are have deemed themselves like our brand ambassadors has been super, super helpful. Having that feedback is like another way of brainstorming, you know, you either take it or leave it. But at the end of the day, it's really good to be able to understand what your target clients are thinking about what you're actually giving them. So that's a really great tip for us. Now, when you're living abroad, Cassandra, what type of international insurance are you able to use? I actually have universal healthcare here. So I have a residency card in Spain now, and that actually puts me under 
the Spanish healthcare system. So I don't know what other people are using, but you can always buy private health insurance if you live here. But I only know about the public healthcare system. Well, that's the great thing about certain countries is that you do get that healthcare system, but there's so many different ones that don't give you that, you know, specifically in parts of Asia or in Central and South America. Mm -hmm. And even in the U.S., we don't get that. So... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, after uh, leaving the U.S., it's been an interesting thing to learn about universal yeah. healthcare. Yeah, and it's true. It's like finding an insurance when you're in a steady location. Like the United States, it's hard enough, but it's even harder when you're always on the go, always on the road. Mm-hmm. And I'm always confused by so many of the requirements that they have, and I need all so much help to get through the process of even claiming your insurance. That's why I'm right. That's one of the hardest things. It's like you can never get anyone online or on the phone. And that's why I'm really glad that I'm partnered with Integra Global, who has the most incredible customer service. They have 20... Oh, yeah, cool. they have 24 um, 7 help. You can submit a claim through their app, and your claims are managed by their in house global expert team who are always there to handle any issues, which means less stress and panic because I always do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I get it because I think I don't, whenever I fly home, I don't necessarily have healthcare anymore because I'm covered here and I'm also over the age of 26. And my parents aren't going to keep me on the healthcare system. Exactly. Yeah, in the U.S., once you're over 26, they don't do that anymore. So if you guys want to learn more about Integra Global, go to IntegraGlobal.com for more details. And their coverages are really excellent, and they have it in so many different countries that are not covered by universal health (laughs) care like Cassandra is at the moment. So when she comes back to the U.S., you know, it's a different story (laughs) when you you go to Mexico or... Or somewhere in Asia, it's totally different. <laughs> very, very different. I am just within the system. When I leave, I am not in the system anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. I think a lot of times we don't think about that, but it's such an important thing to do, especially if you're traveling for a longer period of time. It's just a great way oh, yeah, to sure. really secure yourself. Now let's fast forward to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like Mm -hmm. to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? Oh my gosh, this is kind of a a tough one. Okay, so legacy that I would like to leave is through copywriting and content strategy specifically, I would love to leave a legacy that really has impacted my audience um, not just clients, but like anybody who follows me or the Quirky Pineapple Studio online um, to be confident in their voice and be confident to use their voice and to share about their successes and achievements without feeling ashamed or nervous or embarrassed about it and just really owning their power. I think that's like the biggest thing that I would like my legacy to be. That is a really great one. And then, oh, thanks. (laughs) And then being remembered for that, but also just being remembered for somebody who kind of lived life to my fullest capacity and kind of didn't take any crap from anybody. I think that's kind of just having fun with business and 
travel at the same time. I don't want to be just remembered for business things. I want to be remembered for like being a full, well-rounded, developed human being. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of different things in life aside from our business. I know it takes up like exactly. 70% of our time, but it's not the only yeah. thing. <laughs> Exactly. There are other things. But my business is amazing. I do work on it quite yeah. a bit. Well, especially when you love it, you know, it's n- it doesn't feel like work yeah. because you always want to be doing it because it's so much fun and you're always learning. Yeah. For what sure. are you currently working on that is really exciting to you? So I actually just launched a four-month mastermind called Use Your Voice and it's for service-based business owners who want to increase the impact that they make, either, you know, helping more people with their services or even just making more money in their business. And I'm super excited because, I mean, I've never actually done a mastermind before, and this is the first time I'm launching something like this. But I just feel like over the past two years that I've ran the Quirky Pineapple Studio, you know, I was experimenting and like testing out different services and packages. And this is the first time like finally this year in 2020 that I feel super aligned to the services and like the type of work I'm offering. And I feel like this mastermind and everything else that I'm doing just makes sense. Like I'm not trying to like squish things together anymore. It just all flows really, really nicely. Don't you love when that happens? (laughs) Yes. Like I I thought it was flowing before, but I clearly didn't know what flow (laughs) meant because this is like, this is completely different feeling. Like I don't feel like I'm pushing something. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever felt like this where like you feel like it's flowing, but really what you're doing is just kind of like forcing yeah. it. I always feel that when I'm not worrying about something and I just focus mm-hmm. on what I need to do, that it always comes. You know, I think yeah. if you are thinking about it too much, like you said, you're forcing it too much. It actually leaves you and it's yeah. a totally it's like a you know it's like a magnet and you're not attracting it anymore because you're you're trying to force it you know yeah, yeah I definitely understand what you're talking about it's like the overthinking that you're like this is gonna work and then you try and plan out every little single thing and I love planning but like sometimes you really just need to relax and then like you were saying when you relax, then the things start coming yeah. to you. And then take action. That's the thing, right? I oh, yeah. Yeah, don't yeah. forget that. <laughs> because when you're overthinking something, it actually stops you from doing what you need to do. And I think sometimes it's like, think about it. Usually your first instinct is is the best one. So yeah, just go for it. Trust yourself, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a huge one. I think if you are an entrepreneur or like a solo Entrepreneur or a solo business owner, honestly, trust your instinct, <laughs> listen to your gut. It is most of the time, probably nine out of 10 or 9.9 out of 10, right? Like, I, I've gotten into so many situations where I've like ignored my gut and my intuition, and then I'm like, what have I done? <laughs> yes, that's that's always the case for the most part. It's like, why did I do this? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I should have listened to myself. Now, if our listeners want to know more about you, Cassandra, where can they find you? They can find me on my website, which is thequirkypineapple.com or on Instagram. You can follow 
the business account, which is at the Quirky Pineapple Studio, or if you want to follow my personal account, which is at Cassandra T. Lay. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate all of the tips and tricks that you gave us. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Cassandra. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares how to become an online copywriter. Hey listeners, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Lucky for you, I have created a new site that will help you learn how to launch, grow, and monetize your own show. I offer one-on-one mentorship programs and I'm launching an ebook, How to Create a Profitable Podcast, that can help you take your podcast from hobby to profitable business. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com to learn more. Again, that's howtocreatepodcast.com. See you there. Hey, listeners, thank you for listening to this episode, and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey, and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.